Welcome back to Columbo and Katie on 101.994.1 News Talk STL. Just a few minutes after 3 o'clock on a Monday afternoon, which means we have Rob Carter with us, and he's in studio once again this week. What's going on? Great to see you, buddy. How are you? It's Monday. Yeah. (laughs) Rainy days and Mondays. Rob Carter Show, of course, every night, 8 to 10 p.m. here on News Talk STL. We're a month in now, right? About, uh, yeah, about a month. Yeah. How's, how's, how's it going? It's interesting. You know, I mean, just doing live radio. I had not done live radio prior to that, and I had done, yeah. uh, for lack of a better word, taped radio. Yeah. Uh, so doing it live is actually, it's actually been easier because yeah. you don't think, you don't overthink it. Exactly. You just get up and go, and it is what it is, kind of thing. I totally agree with that. We, when you pre-record an interview or we pre-record a show for some reason, you have time to second guess yourself and go back and think, oh, which should we have done? And it's never. It's always good to just go with your first instinct. Tony, when I would do it at the beginning, when I first started, you know, I, I hadn't been in radio since I was a kid. I, I was in, grew up wanting to be a broadcaster, mm-hmm. and uh, then. I think I've told the story before. It just wasn't enough money in it for me when I was a young person. Like I was not sure. raised with money. I had an opportunity to make more money in the shoe business, and I took off in that direction. Um, but when I started coming back into it, I would pre-record and one stumble. I do 14 minutes straight. One stumble. Start over. Yeah. And and my uh, my wife would go, what are you doing in there? Yeah. And she goes, you've been in there for hours. I said, I'm trying to get this right. She goes, I've been listening to you. You're fine. What are you doing? Yeah. And it was that, that yeah. you know, overthinking every totally. little stumble right. and start right. over again. And if you, in those 14 minutes, if you, you could have done a much better job at putting forward your opinion or, you know, talking about whatever issue. So I think it sounds better, better when it's to... more organic anyway. It exactly. really does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think it's just more authentic. Yeah. Correct. I, I totally agree. So that's uh, that's a lot of fun. And it's, uh, you know, we talk about it all the time, live and local. You're not going to get any more of that anywhere else besides here on News Talk. This STL. is the place to be. Yeah. I don't know this how many people recognize that in the broadcasting world, but if you're in conservative talk right now, because I, I, when I came to town, I'm like, okay, where do I want to be? You know, I started mm-hmm. thinking about it. And this became an obvious choice for me because nobody's telling me what to say. Nobody's bothering me. I, you know, I have some mm-hmm. theories out there that are a little, you know, when you hear them the first time, you're like, what is this guy talking about? Is he insane? And, uh, but everybody allows me to say what I want. You know, they don't uh, hold a grudge if they disagree with me and we just roll on about our day. I like yeah. that. Yeah. All the money is going to a local small business right here in St. Louis and not some That's right. huge liberal fundraiser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Something Katie and I talk a whole lot about on this show, Rob, I don't think you and I have had a chance to, or you've had a chance to discuss this with us, is the uh, is the transgender sports. I know sports is something you're, you're into, and, um, you know, I'm the the father of a, of a gymnast, of a female athlete who is on a level and on a path to possibly do big things for herself, you know, maybe get some money for college. Nice. And, you know, go on, you know, to another level with uh, with her athletics. So, obviously, this is very important to me. Katie is a woman. So, you know, women's rights are something. I, I identify as a woman, just to make things clear from this room. We do. Yeah. So, yeah, was, so that she, ever, was that ever in debate? No. I don't think so. It she has, be yeah, she has almost as much on the line as I do when it comes to women's rights, believe it or not. But the latest story... Out of this, the latest controversy out of this is out of Vermont. The coach of a Vermont basketball team that forfeited a game against a transgender player broke his silence after the state banned his team from competing in future tournaments. Chris Goodwin 
is the coach of the Mid-Vermont Christian School, said that the team was notified of the transgender player on the other team, but it wasn't until the playoffs last year that the team playoffs that they ended up facing them on the court. Quote, I've got four daughters. I've coached all of them at one point in their careers playing high school basketball. I've also filled in for the boys coach when he can't make a practice, and I run those practices, and boys just play at a different speed, at a different force than girls play. It's a different game, he continued, adding that it would be irresponsible and asking for injury if a smaller female player were to play against the boys. The girls' basketball team forfeited the game against the team with the transgender player back in February of last year, which prompted the Vermont Principals Association, the VPA, to ban the team from future tournaments. Officials worried at the same time about the safety repercussions stemming from a biological male competing against the female players. And then they released this statement, which I had to reread like three times because I couldn't believe that they actually said it this way. This is from the VPA, the Vermont Principals Association, in making its case for kicking, for banning this team that refused to play against a transgender player uh, uh, for banning them from future tournaments and for defending the transgender player being uh, on on the girls team. They said, quote, Mid-Vermont Christian School has every right to teach its beliefs to its own students. It cannot, however, impose those beliefs on students from other public and private schools, deny students from other schools the opportunity to play or hurt Students from other schools because of who those students are. <laughs> insane. They put the word hurt in there. Like, listen, it's a transgender kid's right to hurt the girls if they're playing in a physical sport ahead of them. They put, I had to read, I read that like three different times. I was like, wait a minute, is this coming from the school that got banned? Like, why, why are you saying hurt? But it's not, it's their... They're literally saying out loud and making the case like, yeah, maybe it's not fair, but it's that but they identify as a girl, so it's their right to play and even hurt the kids that they play against. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's so crazy. What are your what are your thoughts on this? This thing, but this whole but this this issue in general that's become such a a huge I think it is an erosion of society. I think it is planned and orchestrated, and I think that anybody that buys into it needs to see a psychiatrist immediately. Um, I always make the commentary, what if Shaq, what felt like a woman? Mm-hmm. What would that look like with a seven foot two, 325-pound man in the prime of his uh, physical being playing girls basketball? It makes no sense whatsoever. And I get into these arguments with people who are on that side because I have some progressives in my family. And they'll make the argument that everything's the same. You just don't know that women can do this. I said, oh, yeah, I can do. I played sports my entire life. And I played, I, I remember I had a, a girl I played that played softball at our high school. And she was great. She was the best player in our school and very good friend of mine. And she, uh, we got into a class one time and I was, we were having some fun with each other. And she said, there is no way you could hit me playing softball. And I said, yes, I can. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can. And so we made this kind of joking. We were all friends. So it wasn't like it was this really highly competitive thing. And we went up to where we practiced baseball on my baseball team. And she got out. She started warming up with it. And I said, all right, let's do it. And she threw the first one. And I absolutely laced it. First one. And she goes, oh, give me another one. And she threw me another one. Throw me a couple balls. And she threw one again. And I laced it again. And she goes, 
I think it just dawned on her yeah. at that point that somebody that's 100 pounds heavier than her that plays baseball, you know, softball, the really good ones, I'm, I've seen it, where women can throw a softball and men can't hit it. I'm not saying yeah, that's not sure. possible. There's some amazing, she wasn't at that superstar no, level yeah. to where the ball's right. dipping and moving all over the place. She just threw a fastball right down the middle and it was cooking, but, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a ball that's a little bit bigger. So when you're playing baseball and you're trained to play baseball at that time, you could see it. And it's just, I think when you try to mix women and men playing in sports i think it's so unfair to women that's why i don't know why women put up with it doesn't make any sense a lot of them don't this is what's crazy rob and i think it definitely has started with my generation the millennials but when was it the point in society where all of a sudden women felt like they had to women and men had to be equal now Granted, in the working environment, I completely understand. Me too, I understand. I right. All of that, I mean, I'm glad to be in this room with you two gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible. Don't lie. I hate it here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get me out. Um, <laughs> but there, I, I guess my question to you is, Rob, when in society was it such a movement and it had to be that women and men were completely equal because there are significant differences in men and women that make us wonderful in different ways, that make us stronger in different ways. And those differences are very beautiful and they make us coexist together very well. Right. What? When did society become this mess of being like everything has to be the same and everyone has to be the same and that's perfection? It appears to me, at least because I look at this myself, Gloria Steinem, you know, with the women's movement and uh, all this that went back, I guess it was in the 60s and 70s, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was really a movement to get women back into the workforce. I mean, if you're looking yeah. at it as a, if you look at the the world as needing workers, if the corporations need workers, if people need workers, then we can double the workforce by just driving women into it and tell them, you know what? You want to work. You want to work 10 hour days. You want to work seven days a week. You're not, you're not as good as a man if you're not on that playing field. You know, my first wife didn't work at all. Um, I mean, we were, she raised the kids and I thought that was the way to go. I think, you know, I look back on it. That was the, that was the greatest thing that it could have been because she was able to be home with the kids, keep track of them, make sure what was going on. And then when, you know, if she wants to work when we raise the kids, then she works if she wants to, doesn't have to. Um, and I just think that's a better way to go about society. I mean, you know, when my grandparents were alive, they could have one worker who could make a medium income and put their kids off to college and take two weeks vacation. And now you have two, you have a man and a woman married working full time. To survive, mm-hmm. and to it just survive. feels yeah, yeah, just to survive, and usually it's not even an option. It's and, not even it's yeah. Like, and usually they're in debt. Yeah, yeah, it's barely even an option to have a a parent to stay at home and be the homemaker and take. It's not even because you can't even live today mm-hmm. uh, because of the way that the economy and society has gone. So it's it's barely even an option. And even if it is an option, it's looked it's it's frowned upon as some kind of horrible. My wife runs, my wife is the president of our family company that my father started, and he passed away about five years ago from cancer, and he has two sons, myself and my brother, but it's my wife who married into the company that took over our company and has ran it since my dad passed away. It's very cool. My, My wife would tell you that if we were in a position that she could be the one, she, this is her words, you know. Her dream job is to stay home, raise the kids, take care of the house, take care of the family, take care. She she handles the bills. 
She mm-hmm. does. My wife, like I'm sure your wife, does so much. She does everything more for the family than than I do, and she would love to focus on that. She, she has the capability, the smarts to run a company. Oh yeah, but but. If I were to say, you know, like, oh, I'd love it if my wife could stay home, you know, as, as, as well as people, you know, listening now that would hear you say something like that. There's a group of people, a percentage of people out there that would say, wow, that is just the most that that is just the most disrespectful thing yeah. to say, old fashioned thing to say in the world. Uh, and it's just it's just not it's just it's just a, it's a choice. Right. I think we it's, it's not right for everybody. Right. But the people that it is right for doesn't mean that those people are evil or but wrong. now we're okay. back into this weird era of life where it seems like gender isn't supposed to matter it's you know we're talking about transgenderism in sports five years ago that i i don't think we could imagine having this kind of conversation six years ago i don't think we could ever imagine fathom having this kind of conversation but here we are where we're having a younger generation being told at school you don't have to go home and tell your parents what you like your pronouns are. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be a, a a boy with boy parts but identify as a girl and we can keep it right here in the classroom. We're raising kids to not know what gender they are anymore and it just baffles me that once upon a time there was this fight to to identify these genders and now it's like all of that is gone. It's all erased. I think it's so sad. It I mean, is. I talk about this all the time on my show. I just, I think what we're doing to our kids, because you, you know, you, most people don't have a choice. They have to work, right? Most, most people in this country have a mom and dad working. So you have to send your kids off to school. Most people can't afford private schools. So they end up in public schools. And then you have this indoctrination of their minds when they're not, they're not fully understanding of what's happening. And you can talk to your kids all you want. But when you're eight, nine, 10 years old, you gravitate towards authority and your friends, right? Your mm-hmm. friends have such meaning for you because you're trying to fit in. You're trying to find your way in the world. So it's a terrible time to indoctrinate kids into philosophies that they don't understand. And I just think it's a terrible I, I, to me in Missouri. I talk, talk about with the politicians. I say, how do you not put that to bed? How do you just say that that is not going to happen? This is what we're going to talk about in school. We're going to talk about reading, writing, and arithmetic, but we're not going to talk about your sexuality and the skin, your skin color, and that's not going to matter to us because that's not the way the country is devised. We recognize it. It's not like you can't see what's going on, but we don't teach it that it, this is something that's important in an educational system. That is for the family. That's for um, that's for your family to decide how you want to go about that, and that's a personal thing, not a public thing. And the way that they latch onto it, the way that, like, you know, a, a girl that wants to play sports with the boys when they're seven, eight years old, or a, a little boy that wants to play house with the, with some dolls with a girl, like that just it it just used to be, and it should always still be like it's curiosity. Okay, mm-hmm. You'd go do whatever you want to do because you can have different interests and whatever. Now it's like it's it, it's those those authority figures that you're talking about that are like, oh oh, you want to play sports as a little girl, oh. You want to play with the boys? So you want to be one of the boys, right? Okay, well, now you... So we'll just call you a boy, and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. And, like, put these... Plant these ideas... That confuse And put them. these kids on a path to confuse... Just let the girl play sports with the boys and let the boy play house with the girls if they want to. Right. And stop forcing them to make a decision about their pronouns but Tony, when they're eight years old. It's insanity. Then they make it cool, though. 
So then yeah. the culture becomes, okay, yeah, if true. you are yeah. a boy and you feel like a girl and then you're one of these kids that just doesn't fit in, you know, you're a little bit awkward because you're learning how to be social. And then all of a sudden you're the cool kid in the class because you're a boy that says to the class, oh, I'm I feel like a girl. And everybody goes, oh, you know, they, they fawn over you now because it's the cool thing to do. It's, yeah. it's just backwards man you know you're you're so right uh we're almost out of time here rob only got about, uh, about a minute left i wanted to just ask you the same question katie and i were asking earlier D- nikki haley loses the south carolina primary over the weekend shocker says that she's <laughs> right says that she's staying in the race just like she said she was going to katie and i were saying what could it po- what could possibly be the reason why besides money is there any other reason for nikki haley to be staying in this race besides i guess the fact that she's still making money. I think it's money and connections because obviously somebody that is backing her wants her to stay in the race mm-hmm. and that creates opportunity opportunity for her after the race. So there's somebody pulling her strings that's saying, hey, stay in the race and we'll get you a job doing this or we'll put you head of a corporation or there's some benefit to her to stay in this race because clearly she knows she's not going to win it. That is Rob Carter. You can hear him every single weeknight, 8 to 10 p.m. live here on News Talk STL. And, uh, of course, Monday, every Monday afternoon right here with us. Rob. That's right. Thanks, Great guys. Great to see you. Thank Great you to so see you. much. Thank you, Rob. Thanks, Speaking Katie. of schools and local schools, the Missouri Attorney General, Andrew Bailey, has sent three cease and desist letters to three different St. Louis County school districts for three very different reasons. Very interesting stuff. I'll tell you about those letters. I'll tell you what uh, the uh, the Attorney General is up to next on Columbo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Welcome back to Philip Katie on 101.994.1 News Talk STL. Great conversation with Rob Carter in that last segment. Before that, we were talking to Virginia Cruda from The Daily Wire. If you missed either one of those conversations, make sure you're subscribed to the Columbo and Katie podcast so you don't miss anything that happens here on the show because we put the show out as a podcast right after we get off the air every single day. We put it on basically every podcast platform. So whatever you prefer, wherever you get your podcast, just make sure you are subscribed to Columbo and Katie. And, you know, thinking back to that conversation with Virginia, it really... If you haven't read these articles yet, they are amazing. Just these these headlines. Joe Biden admits that he's worked along real racists and claims that the nice. Republican Party is worse. That is the that is that is the most backwards flex I've ever heard in my life. Like, oh, you want to talk about racists? I've I've been friends with racists and worked with racists for decades. I'll tell you about racists. But like, you know, Joe. Not a good thing, but no. <laughs> Something that really is hard to listen to whenever you read uh, here, whenever you read an article like that, you talk about an article like that, is the fact that people are so casual about calling other people racists when nothing racial happened. What, like whenever Joe Biden was calling Republicans the the people in Congress right now racists. It's crazy to me that we just throw around that term without making any kind of connection to why he thinks Republicans are racist. It just what? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's. Why are we so okay with using not, that term willy nilly now? That's a really right? offensive thing to call yes. someone. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, there's also the article about him claiming that nine world leaders have told him, have called him and separately and said he's got to win the 2024 presidential election. And then another article that we didn't even mention um, about the view. So the dog commander, the White House dog, yes. bit another person. Surprise. It's up to 24 people now. And Whoopi Goldberg on The View said that maybe the dog is uh, is seeing something that other people aren't aware of. Or, like maybe, may, <laughs> or, or maybe the dog knows something that we don't know. And he's like, he knows that these 24 different people. <laughs> 24. You know what? <laughs> then Biden did the wrong thing by picking those people to begin with. And that, this is all Biden's <laughs> fault anyway. He's a bad owner. He's a bad trainer. And I guess he just picked the wrong yeah. people to surround himself maybe with. Maybe the dog knows something we don't know. What? This is a horrible. This is horrible to say. Okay. And then we can get off the subject. Oh, no, do it. If that dog was living in a neighborhood yeah. and bit 24 people, yes. the dog would have been put down after the second person. Right, right, right. It would have been, yes, after the second person. You're right. It would have been put down. Or if the owner would, or if the owner was a responsible owner that didn't want that to happen to their dog, they would have removed that dog from the yeah. situation. Yep. They wouldn't have allowed the dog to be in a position to bite 24 different people. Mm-mm. So, yeah, maybe the dog saw something we didn't see. Right. That's now we're really trying. All right. The uh, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey has issued cease and desist letters to three different St. Louis County school districts. I'm going to give you the details and get your reaction to this. Bailey said that he has received reports that the Lindbergh, Parkway, and Webster Groves school districts have been discriminating against students and staff based on their religion and or race. The warnings to the districts came in three separate letters. Bailey accused the Webster Groves School District of having race-based criteria for employees and applicants saying, quote, if these reports are true, Webster Groves is discriminating on the basis of race in direct violation of both state and federal law. Racial discrimination is illegal in the United States, Bailey said, and the district's stated goal is to attract and remain staff that at minimum reflect the diversity of their students. In response to the letter, a spokesperson for Webster Groves said, quote, the letter is ridiculous. The cease and desist letter from Andrew Bailey is what they're talking about. The cease and desist letter is ridiculous. There is nothing wrong with the stated goal and it is certainly not unlawful race-based hiring. The Webster Grove School District has not and will not discriminate against anyone in hiring based on the person's race. However, the district is interested in having a diverse faculty to serve as educators to our diverse student population and is willing to take the effort to attract, support, and retain that staff. So... that's one of the three, and they're all different. So I don't want to get too hung up on we can we can get dig into uh, each one as much as we want, and we can even talk about this throughout the week because I think it's super interesting. But the it it's this is this is this is a really interesting one because the Webster Groves they do state on it, it, on their website in their policy that it is their stated goal to have a staff that reflects the diversity of their student group so that means at the end of the day that means if there's too many white teachers they're going to stop hiring white teachers 
Just like if there's too many black teachers, they're going to stop hiring black teachers in order to keep the diversity. Now, diversity, and I don't think Andrew Bailey is at all saying there's anything wrong with diversity, but when you start putting quotas on, you can have this many white people, this many black people, this many Hispanic people, that's that's racism, and that's against the law. You can't have quotas on how many of each group you can have Mm -hmm. should be hiring the best teachers regardless of race Mm -hmm. you should be hiring the best staff regardless of skin color Uh, it it's qualifications especially with the younger minds so i can see the frustration that webster groves is coming and that this webster groves spokesperson has here but it's that i mean it's their stated policy that is that could potentially be a problem. I'm sorry. Did you say that these all cease and desist letters that have been sent out are because of race or discrimination? So they're all they're all they're but they're all very different. Okay, so the, okay. They all are in the 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 discrimination about either race or religion okay. category. But so okay. So the Webster Groves one I just explained is the is because of their hiring policy of. Of diversity, basically setting quotas for, you know, the percentage of staff that they have and how that is, that could definitely be a problem. Uh, Bailey said that the Lindbergh School District, this is number two letter, is implementing race-based criteria for students applying for the district's gifted program. Bailey said that the district's policy states that its goal is to reach 20% equity index for underrepresented school populations, which means when I was a kid, it was galactic. I don't know what it's called when, you know, these days, or if you yeah. even had one. But I like, did. if you were a galactic kid, one day of the month or one day of the week, you got to go to take special classes because you were super Ours smart. Was Spectra, and I wanted it to be it so, so badly. Yeah, yeah, I was never in galactic. I know that's not going to, I know that's going to be shocking. <laughs> But this, but so according to this, that the, according to this in the letter that, that Andrew Bailey sent, the Lindbergh School District basically says that it, there has to be a certain number of each race, certain percentage of the kids in the program have to, you know, be from different races. And it's exactly what we talked about last week with the Asian um, with the Asian students that were suing Harvard, I think one of the Ivy League schools. Yeah, I think it was Harvard because they were. It was ma- they were making it harder for Asian students to get accepted because even though Asian students were the most qualified, they were saying, "Oh, there's too many Asian students here, so we have to." You know, even though this Asian student is more qualified, we have to take these the the, the Hispanic student or the black student or maybe even the white student. Because we have too many Asian kids. It's kind of the it's it's kind of the high school version of that. Like, yeah, we want to put all these that you know, like you have to achieve this certain level to be in this gifted program, which is going to be beneficial to you. Absolutely. As far as education mm-hmm. and advancement into college and all that. So it's a it's it's a very beneficial program to get in, but the rules sort of that line sort of changes depending on what race they need. See, this is that where is underrepresented in that group rather than just saying race has nothing to do with this. And that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Every time you start to try to address racism by putting in 
rules, r- racial quotas. That is racism. I have more of an issue with this story than I do the first story. Okay. Because this one, I, I do understand what Andrew Bailey is saying about the teachers, but I also, like you said, I understand having that them be a mirror or reflect yeah. the student body. Though Just that don't put I can quotas see, on it. That I can see being man- manipulated and maybe a stronger argument. Yeah. This is actually taking away things from students that have a great potential. This is taking away opportunities from kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a big, big issue. The third letter was written to the Parkway School District, which has prevented students from forming religious-based clubs. Uh, a specific example is the Parkway School District, uh, some high school kids formed the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Club, and they were prevented by the district from doing so. Hmm. And Andrew Bailey says that that is against state and federal law of discrimination against the freedom of religion to say that these kids can't have a Fellowship of Christian Athletes club in their high school. Oh, I do want to talk about so, this. That I do. This is I think all I think this story has got some legs. I, and I think too. there's going to be more to talk about. So we will do that as the week goes on. Um, that's going to do it for us this afternoon. Colombo and Katie back tomorrow at two. The O'Reilly Report is next, followed by the Tim Jones and Chris Arp show. Then Larry Connors USA. Then Rob Carter. Thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us here at 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. Whiskey, 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 whiskey.